Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. Okay, listen, now we got through the preliminaries. The worship was incredible. I'm so grateful for this incredible church. This feels like home for us. Uh, we were, we've been in the, the origins of it and talking about the ideas that God is trying to do and the dreams and the visions that lies in the hearts of your pastors and leaders. And you know, what I'm grateful for is people that believe that God can do more than what he's done in the past and move into the future. But then I'm also grateful that they're, they're prayerful and they're spirit led. You know, the the, the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, if you want to say, is not something old or an old relic of the church. But we believe that God uses the spirit in order to help us grow into who we're supposed to be and challenges us to to become everything that God has called me and clarifies his will for our lives. And so we're excited about that. So if you can go ahead and open up your Bibles, scroll to your Bibles, flip over to your Bibles. We're going to be going to Nehemiah chapter two, verses 15 through. 20. I believe that God has something that he wants to speak to us about today. And you know, if you come to church and you don't get anything out of it, you should just stay home. Because, uh, you know, I have found that there are a lot of things that people are gathering around. I heard Rolling Loud is happening this weekend. Is that happening? All right. So listen, y'all. I love, I love musicians, entertainers. I, I appreciate everything that they can do. But this is what I found is that um, when the people of God get together, there should be a disruption in the environment of what's happening. So not too far from here down the street, they're going to be blazing up, toking up, whatever they do, getting high, getting off of everything and anything and having a good time and praise God. But the people of God that have been set free... You know, there's something different about when the spirit of God enters into a room and you bring your brokenness and you bring your faith and God begins to work a miracle in the middle of that. And I believe that's what he's going to do today. I believe that there's more rolling loud that he wants to do. He actually wants to set you free today. And so just rock with us today. I believe God wants to speak to us. I'm excited about what's to come. Uh, let's, let's check out Nehemiah chapter 2, verses um, 15 through 20. I have the CSB version. Uh, they'll put it up here on the screen, but let's jump into the word. And so I went up at night by way of the valley and inspected the wall. Then heading back, I entered through the valley gate and returned. And the officials did not know where I'd gone or what I was doing, for I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the rest of those who would be doing the work. So I said to them, you see the trouble that we're in? Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned. So come, let's rebuild Jerusalem's wall so that we will no longer be a disgrace. I told them how the gracious hand of my God had been on me and what the king had said to me. And they said, let's start rebuilding. And their hands were strengthened to do this good work. Then Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Gershom the Arab heard about this and they mocked and despised us and said, what is this that you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? But I gave them this reply. 
today in Cool Church, the God of the heavens is on the one who will grant us success, and we, his servants, will start rebuilding, but you have no share, no right or historic claim in Jerusalem. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, you said in your word that there's power and liberty and freedom. You are able to rightly divide truth from lies. And so, God, by the power of the Spirit of God, I pray today that you would open up our eyes so that we can see how you want us to see. God, that you would open up our ears so that we can hear what the Lord is saying. So, Jesus, I hide behind the cross. I thank you for my brothers and sisters that are here in the building that are looking to see something different so a rebuilding can happen in their lives. Use us today. We thank you for what you're going to do and say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Push somebody real quick and say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Man, so all summer long, you guys have been hearing from some incredible communicators and some incredible pastors that have tried to help us learn what it literally means to to walk in a way so that we can experience all that God has for us. And you know, what I believe is that God does something with people when he decides to put his spirit on them and then give them a burden. And I was thinking about something just this not too long ago as I was, um, as this week I was talking to some of my kids and anybody, any ex fighters in the building. Ex-fighters. Thank you. My, my sister said like this right over here. Yes. I rem- you see, I'm the oldest of six. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the oldest brother. I, I, I'm used to getting in fights to defend people. I tell people I'm not a fighter, but if you touch what I love, we're going to have problems. I'm a defender. And uh, for myself, you know, you can talk about me all you want, say something about my wife, touch my wife, touch my kids. It's, it's on site. Like, it's just happening, right? And so I remember I was in this, this was years ago as a kid, and uh, it was summertime. And this was back in the day when you used to ride bikes. Y'all remember when there were these things called bicycles? Y'all remember that? Y'all remember going outside and playing? Y'all remember that? They don't do that much anymore. But but I remember like we would we would go outside and play and uh, I was a basketball player so I played basketball nonstop and I remember this one time uh, the group of friends that we were with there was a guy that was the bully. Have y'all ever had friends like everybody was cool but there was this dude that failed two or three times. There was a girl that's bigger than everybody else and he you know he 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 was mad at us but we we tolerated him because he, he could beat us up and so I remember we were outside playing and we were oh, he would just be talking trash nonstop. but he couldn't play basketball that well and so on the court I'm getting him like yeah, 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 yeah. and we were outside playing all day long I'm killing him and so we're talking trash we're talking trash and it's towards the end of the evening and back in the day you didn't have Apple Watch you didn't have an iPhone you had this thing called street lights and street lights were the universal alarm clock that meant it's time to carry your butt home. And I remember it was, uh, I, was, I was playing with this dude and we were talking nonstop and he kept, and he, and he, I, he couldn't ball so I knew I could get him but, but he was bigger than I was. He was like 16 in like the seventh grade and so like I remember like it was time for me to go and I got on my bike and y'all remember how to, y'all remember you used to ride a bike everywhere? That was like your passport, you know what I'm saying? So I got on my bike and uh, when in the summertime back in the day, we had this thing called a water hose and the water hose, we didn't have bottled water. 
water. We had a water hose. And so uh, th this dude, and if you were really high tech, you would take a water bottle and put it in the freezer all night long so that you know you're going to be outside the next day and you would have that, that, that was ice cold water right there. And that's how it worked. And so I remember I got on this bike and the dude, he, he, he was, he was talking crazy. So I'm, I'm riding down the street and y'all in slow motion, this dude, and y'all in slow motion, the joint is twisted. I'm riding my bike. Yo, this dude smacks me on the back of my head with a ice bottle of water. Now, this is the dilemma of a kid in the 90s is that the street lights are about to come on. But I didn't know whether or not I should go get with that fight and deal with that or get the fight that I was going to get when I got home from my mom. And so I made a decision, y'all. These are critical decisions when you're this age. The critical decision was, I don't want to get a whooping at home. So, and we used to do whoopings too. That, and that, that, that was normal then as well. And so like, so, so, so I didn't know if I wanted to deal with this whooping or that whooping. And so I, I left and you know, you know, guys, y'all, y'all know, like you be called all sorts of things right now. And so I was, he was about to say something and I, I, I rode off. So then I, it's summertime and it's, and then at night, if you were back in the day, you would play like we go back outside after you ate and we would play like manhunt or hide and go see get dark or like some of y'all played hide and go get it or whatever y'all played at least that's what we used to do and so like I remember like I got a phone call at the crib on a house phone because we didn't have a cell phone it was a house phone it was this thing it had these buttons on it you had to pick it up and you had no privacy because somebody else could hear your conversation and so like so I picked up the house phone and then my boy Darnell he called me up he's like yo D he said to dude let's call him Sean Sean, like, yo, Sean's talking crazy about you. And I was like, what'd he say? He said, he called you, uh, he said the, he said the unspoken word. I'm not going to say the word, but he said the word. He called you this. And I was like, yo, bring, yo, yo, tell that dude to come down here, man. And so I told my brother, I was like, yo, we about to fight this dude. And so we got, we got together, like, and y'all know it was a scene from the movies. It was a classic scene. There were about 40 kids on their bikes. They all came around the block and they were coming down. And y'all know, they, I'm the little dude. This dude is way bigger than me. Everybody came to see a fight. And you know when you see a fight, remember when people used to fight, you would just go to see who's going to get beat up. You weren't trying to see, like, you were trying to see, this dude's about to get beat down. And so I'm Everybody came down. They were like, "Oh, oh, he about to go!" And so I came out. I came out of the joint, y'all, and it was so it was so aggressive. I got out there, and then everybody around is like kids with bikes, and it's a it's a whole movie scene. It's like it's like Sandlot. It's like the whole movies. And, and then they pulled up, and this kid, he's tall dude, he's on his bike, and so I, I walked up to him, and on some real like '90s fighting words, I was like, "Yo, I heard you was talking junk." And, and, and he said, he said, yeah, he said it right there in front of me. He said the same thing. And I did the most disrespectful thing that you could do to somebody at that age. Like, I took my hand and I mushed him like that. Right, I mushed him right on his, on his bike. And y'all, this dude is, is like, you know when that adrenaline, you know, you're not really thinking cognitively. Like, you're not thinking right. And I mushed him in his face. And then he got off the bike. And as soon as he got off the bike, I, bah! and I knocked him out. And I fell to the ground. I'm like, bah, 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 bah. 
oh, pop, because you know it's a little guy. He's up on top of this dude. And then he pulled me over. Then my brother saw him. And my brother was like, no, 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 no. And he came in a bow and knocked him out. And then, and then like, you know, police showed up. And then the ambulance and everywhere else came. And then we scattered all like roaches. And then I remember at the end of the joint, I said, now what? And I wonder if there's some people in here that understand that there's a war that's at the stake for the hearts and minds of men and women and children that are not ashamed of their God, that hear the enemy taunting them and hear the enemy trying to rob their family of a godly legacy that's trying to rob you of the potential that God has for your life. I need some people in the building that can get a now what spirit that are willing to say I will do whatever it takes because this is where the line in the sand is drawn. Devil, you've been taunting me. You've been talking about my children you've tried to rob me of everything that God has but there's some people in the building I believe at cool church that understand I'm ready to fight I'm ready to go to war I'm ready to get busy I'm ready to do whatever you got to do because you will no longer take my peace the Lord is my portion and I will make sure from this point on I'm ready to fight turn to somebody say now what now what now what now what you see, I get tired of Christians that are in this little happy skippy uh, to my Lou Christianity where we think that, that, that there is a, there's a battle that is to be won because like Mob Deep said, Mob Deep said, there's a war going on outside. No man is safe from. You can't run, but you can't ride high forever. So I need you to know that God has inside of us a desire to fight the battle that he has given us victory over already, but it's going to take some people that have a spirit like Nehemiah that is tired of the circumstance and tired of the status quo and tired of what has happened. They're tired of addiction. They're tired of brokenness. They're tired of, of fragmented relationships, but they say, I will rebuild what God wants to do. And so today we're going to talk about now what I'm going to teach us how to fight because I believe that as the enemy is roaring and trying to stop the church from moving forward, I believe that inside of you lies a vision from God that's going to set people free, that's going to set your generation free, that's going to set the people of God and put them on a path and a trajectory where glory can be experienced and the power of God is available through your life. So how do we do it? We got to learn how to build a vision. I want to talk today about this idea of building vision because once you get a vision from God, then there has to be a tenacity inside of you that you're willing to go through whatever, however, whenever, so that you can see the vision come to pass. You see, in Nehemiah's life, Nehemiah understood this. This, this, this regular dude, Nehemiah wasn't a prophet. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't a preacher. He was just a regular dude, and he was an outcast who had been exiled out of his homeland of Jerusalem. And so Nehemiah comes to the point where he sees his people and he has a burden for his people. And I need you to know right now, when God gives you a vision, it has to be a burden. It has to be a disruption. It has to be something that says, I am willing to 
to put my own needs aside and lift up the needs of other people. You see, Nehemiah, he was walking around and he saw his people uh, in bondage. He saw his people exiled from their land. And Nehemiah then began to cry out to God. And then from his cry to God, Nehemiah then gets this vision to rebuild this wall. And there's a process that God wants you to rebuild. There's a vision that God has for your life so that you can walk out the call of God, the burden of God, so that people can get blessed. And you have to understand that as you feel, as you begin to build the vision, it's going to do three things. Number one, it's going to release imagination. Number two, that the vision building is going to require initiation. And then number three, that vision building recreates an inhabitation. It, it releases imagination, those, those dreams and ideas and thoughts and burdens, your, your creativity, your innovation, your giftedness. That was so that God could put inside of you a burden and that now you can take all of those, those dreams and all those ideas and allow the Spirit of God to shape it into something that could be that isn't presently at that time. And what God was trying to do, that the way that you build vision, the way that you create that imagination is you got to have a prayer life that's willing to pray until God moves. You have to have a decision that says, I will do, I will pray, I will call out to God, I will cry out to God. Because listen, down the road, there's a lot of people yelling and screaming a lot of crazy stuff right now. So you got to get inside of your heart, say, Lord, I want to see freedom for my people. I want to see freedom for my family. And so, Lord, I will do whatever is necessary. I will cry out to you. I'll pour my heart out to you. I'll set myself apart. I'll fast. I'll pray. I'll believe God. And as I do that, God gives you an imagination from heaven so that he can drop the dream of God in your heart. He does that. And then what he does is he shapes your perception. That, that he gives you a, a burden in prayer so you pray powerfully in the spirit, but then your perception starts to change. You begin to think differently as you're shaped by the word and as you get the vision in prayer, your perception changes. See, see, I need some people that think differently. They, they approach things in a different way. They, they look at things that everybody else can't see because see, when you're in the presence of God, the Bible says that he gives freedom and liberty there, but then that's not what he only does. He also gives you the mind of Christ so that you can take the mind mind of Christ and then shape the vision that God has for your life. And as you shape that vision through, as you begin to think differently, you perceive differently, then what happens is then how he gives you an emotive provoca provocation. There's a provoking that should happen in you. You pray, you perceive, and then he provokes you. You see, if the vision that God has for your life doesn't get emotional, you should feel some way about it. You should feel some way about it when you see that the government is trying to rewrite history and write us out of what happened and try to change the trajectory of David Walker or Nat Turner or Sojourner Truth or women of God that have done things by the Spirit of God to bring freedom and liberation to our people and you will try to change that? No, there must be a man or a woman of God that can get a vision that can say, I will pray and let God do a work in me and then my perception will begin to think and now I can change how I 
type think and now it's going to cause me to feel some type of way because I don't know about you when you feel some type of way you'll do whatever it takes to do what God has for you to do I have found in my relationships touch my wife and see what's going to happen touch my kids and see what's going to happen see the problem is we feel some type of way about things that don't matter see when you get a vision from God it should irritate you it should frustrate you it should cause you to stay up late and pray and believe God you feeling some type of way about a car or a house yo that ain't nothing feel some type of way about the vision of God for your life and then you begin to have a it provokes you to do whatever you have to do see what God is looking for in this time and day why wickedness is running rampant he's looking for people that can pray people that can perceive and people that can provoke to bring the vision of God into reality if that's you and you down to build the vision come on make some noise so he does that so I want to talk today about this idea of initiation because see, you got to work the vision it's, it's cool to have you know y'all know I know I know how we do we got our vision boards and we got our mood boards and we have our we have our 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 our, our dream uh, things that we dream and build and all that do it in Jesus name do it but this is what I know <laughs> it's going to take some work to bring about the vision if it's a god vision and so it requires initiation you're going to have to you're going to have to do something you're going to have to make something happen i'm tired of you just talking about it i'm tired of you just posting about it i'm tired of you just thinking about it stop just talking to people about it now it's time to do the work of initiation and you see as you build and as you begin to grow then there's something that you're going to have to be ready to fight because see anytime you get a vision from God for your life and now this is a holy vision this is a heavenly vision this is a vision that comes from God and then he puts it in the bodies of finite humans and then he gives us his spirit and then from that then God says all right are you ready to fight now because see, if it's a God vision, you're going to have to be ready to fight. If it's a God vision, you're going to have to be ready to put them dukes up. If it's a God vision, you're going to have to throw them hands up. And so this is what there's, there's a couple of things that I want to talk about as we discover how to bring about this vision, this vision and initiate it. Number one, write this down. Trust to walk by faith now. What now? Trust to walk by faith now. This is what James chapter 2 verses 17 through 19 says. This is a familiar passage. It says, in the same way, faith, if it does not have works, it is dead by itself. But someone will say, I have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you faith by my works. You believe that God is one. Well, that's good. But even demons believe and they shudder. You see, I am I am gotten tired of Christians that sit in circles with other Christians and they talk about how 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 these dreams that they have and those visions that they have, and then a year goes by and they still in that same circle talking about the dreams and the visions. Meanwhile, there are demons and warlocks and, and wickedness and rulers in, in high places and principalities that are strategizing against your children, that are strategizing against your family 
family that are strategizing against your development and your process in God. And they not waiting, sitting in a circle with a connect group, just believing that God's going to do what he's going to do. Listen, I'm all for it. We got them too. But it should lead you to do something. The Bible says the, the kingdom suffers violence. So the violent, they take it by force. And so there has to be something inside of you that's willing to say, I will trust, I will believe, but I got work to do. I'm going to put my faith with my works and I'm going to believe God to do what I have to do. So the vision, it will form in you perseverance. See, if it's a vision from God, it's going to have to form and shape in you a desire to hang on to it no matter what. If it's a vision from God, you ain't going to let it go because you face a little bit of problems or people were talking about your stuff or people were criticizing what God wanted you to do. See, if it's a vision from God, you'll allow the perseverance to happen inside of you. That's the reason why you got to do this. Here's the warning. Here's the warning. Watch your circle. Watch your circle because as God begins to give you the vision and it's in prayer and it's performed in you as a result of you being provoked it's emotional and then you have a new perception now you wait on God and now you believe and trust in faith but you're going to have to watch your circle because I have found people that don't get it they will disqualify themselves because they don't understand what God is doing see this is the time right now for the church where you check your circle and you got to see who's around you see when I got into that fight I called my brother my, Sam we got to go handle business and my brother immediately Immediately in the middle of the fight, he knew it was time to get busy. I didn't have to ask him. I didn't have to call him. I didn't have to say, hey, I wonder if it would provoke you. See, that's probably part of y'all's problem is that you don't got people that'll ride with you in prayer. You got to have some brothers and sisters that'll stand in faith with you as you trust God for the vision to bring it to pass. There's people inside that say, listen, this circle right here, we got you. This circle right here, you're covered. We're, we're going to trust God. We're going to believe God because it's going to disrupt the plans of the enemy and it'll cause some beef so you got to watch your circle you got to see if they're down and this is where it gets busy now here number one you got to trust to walk by faith now but then secondly you got to tussle to war with satan now you got to tussle to war with satan now you see what happens with nehemiah's life everything was cool until nehemiah got a burden Everything was okay until Nehemiah was like, all right, let's go rebuild this thing. Nehemiah talked to the king. He shared his burden with the king. And then the king was like, yo, whatever you need, I got you. Go do it. Go do it. Whatever's in your heart, go do it. And God blessed him. God put his hand on his life. And then, then, then there's the, these fools rolled up named Sambalet. They He heard that they were rebuilding the wall. And in Nehemiah chapter 4, uh, he became furious. And then he mocked the Jews before his colleagues. And then powerful men from Samaria, they said, what are these pathetic Jews doing? Can they restore it by themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they ever finish it? Can see you see once you start to tussle with the enemy, the enemy's going to rise up and try to talk crazy. He says, "Can they bring these burnt stones back to life from the mounds of rubble?" And then Tobiah the Ammonite who was beside him said, "Indeed, even if a fox climbed up, what are they building? Would they break their wall down with their stones? See, the vision will cause pain. The vision will cause foolish people and people that are 
ungodly and faithless people to start talking about stuff that they don't have know nothing about. But that's because you've decided to get in the fight. See, bro, when you got into this fight, when you got into this walk with Jesus, this ain't a skip to my loo. I trust the Lord and I just sing unto the Lord a new song and I'm just singing my worship. No, 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 no. Let me tell you, the Bible says that there is a there is a principalities. There are rulers in high places that are attempting to try to thwart the plan of the enemy and what God is looking for, he's looking for people that can stand in faith and trust him for the vision that he's going to download in their life and they say, this vision ain't about you just blowing up. This vision ain't about you just getting rich. This vision ain't just about you getting you and yours. But no, this vision is about bringing the kingdom of God through your life and extending all over Miramar, all over South Florida, all over Miami, and the spirit of God will then empower you to live out this vision, but you better be ready to fight. And see, this is what I found, that when it's time to commit to build the vision of God, the word will get out to all your enemies. <laughs> How many of y'all remember when y'all were all wilding out, doing wickedness, acting crazy, everybody was cool while you were out there getting it in? When you switched it up and you started walking this way, Yo, what's wrong with you? Why you doing all that? You different. It ain't the same no more. How come we can't kick it like we used to? But see, the problem is that they don't have the vision that God has given you. God has given you a vision to be greater than what you've seen in your past. God has given you a vision to break oppression and to bring people into freedom. God has given you a vision to build a church that people can say that is created out of love. So in a place where there's hatred, in a place where there's foolishness. God is raising up a people to believe that there is more in their future than what they've experienced in their past. But see, when we went to a fight, there were certain people I knew I couldn't call because certain people were afraid. They were scared. I remember this one time they were, uh, some, some cast was messing with my brother and I was, like I said, I'm the oldest and it was some racist stuff. We were talking crazy to him. So I was like, I made the call on the house phone. <laughs> I was like, yo, get everybody. We about to go fight. 25 of us pulled up. And uh, this, this dude, maybe three or four other guys, these all older dudes. It was 25. It was like, yo, you mess with one, you mess with all of us. And see, what I have found is that there has to be a determination in the people of God that can say that, that if you mess with them, if you mess with my sister over there, if you mess with my bro back there, if you mess with somebody up here, there is a collective that we ride together and we stand together and we will not fear. We ain't afraid of nothing. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, do not fear for I am with you. So you don't be afraid for I am your God and I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will hold on to your righteous right hand. You see, when the people of God decide that they're going to bring about a vision from heaven and it's for your life and for your family and for your future and for your calling and for your destiny, then what God does is he said, you don't got to be afraid because even as the enemy is roaring and yelling and trying to stop you and causing craziness, what you have to watch for, here's the warning, here's the warning, you got to watch your distractions because see when a person is on mission 
When a person has made up in their mind, this is what we're about. It's time to rebuild. Let's go get it. Then what will happen is this good idea that seems like it's of God, but there's no eternal weight. There's no eternal glory. There's no, there's no, there's no um, uh, multiplication of the spirit of God. If you need to discern if this is the will of God for your life, is there anything eternal that will remain after you're done with the project? Is there anything that eternal that will remain if you make that decision? So if you get with old girl and it don't lead to nothing because y'all won't really trying to build legacy anyways, that can determine whether or not you should do this. Because if it's eternal, it's if of God, then there will be something that will remain way past what you're going through. You see, it ain't about you getting married. Anybody can get married to anybody. What God is trying to build is a legacy through your life that can walk you out into destiny and purpose. And the reason why Shorty walked by, the reason why old boy walked by, try to distract you from the real thing that God has for your life. And you have to be bold and courageous enough to know, yo, that's a distraction. That's a distraction. That opportunity. Oh, oh, your leaders, you got mad at your leaders because they said no to you. So you want to leave and you ain't going to show up for five weeks as you mad and you upset. But with your leaders, they love you. Your pastors are shepherding you. They're guiding you. And so your leaders that are putting the word of God over your life and that are speaking faith into you and that are correcting you and rebuking you and getting you right. You can't get mad when you get rebuked. Because real discipleship, you ain't going to hear yes all the time. Because see, when we in a fight, we don't need for you to be wandering over here at old girl or wandering over here because you're getting 5,000 more dollars and you thinking that's going to make a difference. No, 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 no. See, the people that are in a fight, in a war, when it's trying to go to war, oh, that's the enemy? Let's go get it. We don't need y'all walking over here. See, some of y'all's issues is you're distracted over here, so you're wandering, and then you're wondering why you can't hear the voice of God because the shepherd is speaking to vision. The shepherd is speaking to mission, and as you connect to the vision, the mission of God, you will hear his voice. And so, how do we fight? Number one, this last, this other idea, you got to train for war now. Train for war now. See, in war, there are weapons that are required. Number one, weapons required for this acronym, this for, for war, is this. It says to me that 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I, I quoted this, but I had to say it in the New King James Version, y'all, because it, it, just, it just hits a little bit better. For, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds and casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing down every thought into captivity. I love that. Bringing down every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. It, it, it literally means the, 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 the philosophies of the day and, and the ideas of the, of the day and the ideologies of the day and the, the thinking of the day. The Bible says that we take those things into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. There's some people in here that have to understand that there are ideologies that are trying to exalt itself 
yourself against the knowledge of God. And so it's going to take you to say, nah, that ain't right. We ain't going that way. That's not how we roll here. What we're doing is we're obeying God and we're doing what he says, no matter what it means. You can take that for whatever that means for your life, but you got to know how to fight. And so let me give you some weapons. Number one, it's the weapon of the word of God. We know that, right? We believe that. We got the weapon of God. We got the warfare prayer. We got worship. We got spiritual gifts. We got the name of Jesus that is higher than any other name because at the name of Jesus, the enemy has to stop. At the name of Jesus, all the foolishness and wickedness has to bow. And in time, the enemy will have to bow and declare that he is God. And so listen, and it don't matter what you're fighting right now when the name of Jesus is active in your life that means that you can use that as a weapon against the enemy as you're building the kingdom of God as you're building the vision from heaven for your family and you're so you saw as you see your kids act crazy what you begin to say is over them in the name of Jesus you will love how God wants you to love in the name of Jesus those words that were spoken over your life from them crazy teachers we're believing that God is who we is and you're a son or daughter of God in the name of Jesus enemies have to bow in the name of Jesus everything that is above has to come below in the name of Jesus that wickedness that foolishness that sickness has to die down because in the name of Jesus there is power and authority I wonder if some people in here believe that come on make some noise for the Lord in here so you got the weapons right and then now here's the a for war then also authority belongs to jesus so what that means is you have to understand that matthew chapter 28 verses 18 i'm trying to help you all so that you can fight right as he says this jesus came near and said to them all authority y'all does it say authority in the early church does it say that y'all it says all authority. Did it say all authority 30 years ago? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And then remember this, I'm going to be with you always, even till the end. So you got to see that authority is given to us as his disciples. The authority that God has for us is so we can mobilize ourselves and fight the authority that's in the name of Jesus. God gives us that authority. He, we are deputizers of the authority of God that he then gives to us and able to use and mobilize. See, authority ain't there so that you can flex and that you can look good and that you can look anointed and you're like, oh, I'm so anointed. I'm so gifted. Oh, Lord, I'm so gifted. Y'all see this? See, that ain't, what the, that ain't what the anointing of God is for. The anointing of God is to fight. The anointing of God is to get in the tussle. The anointing of God is so that you can stand up and fight an enemy. Stop trying to flex on each other and thinking that that's God. That's just Christians shining each other's armor. I wonder if you would put on the armor and let's go fight. Let's go get some souls. Let's go get some people discipled. Let's go get some blocks and build the neighborhood back. Let's repair some families. See the anointing of God. If it's an anointing from God, then it'll change the eternity of people's lives. And that authority is given to us. And then lastly, you got to have a, a righteous strategy. You got to have a strategy that is not of this day, that's not of this time, but a strategy that is the right strategy. 
Proverbs chapter 16, verses 8 through 9 says, Better a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. So let's look at it. They're rewriting history. We're seeing gun violence go crazy. The education gap in our communities, poverty, economic inequalities and inequity, housing disparities, oppressive systems, racial violence, police brutality, the broken families. You see, all of these are an opportunity for a righteous strategy to be employed. And what God is looking for are people that can pray, that can perceive, then be provoked to now learn how to fight. And they trust God, they're willing to tussle with the enemy, and they begin to know that the authority that they have in Jesus is in them. So now they can use that and then God gives them a righteous strategy. God is looking for you to, to, to build a plan that's greater than any strategist, any plan that's greater than any leadership guru, any plan that's greater than any IG influencer. What God is looking for is some brothers and sisters that feel the burden for their people and then they cry out to God and he downloads in them a way to fix the solution, the problems of today. And when God gives you a righteous strategy, you better be ready to fight because they're going to say you're not qualified or you're not good enough or you don't have the experience or you don't have the education or you don't have what it takes or you're overqualified. Y'all ever got one of them? Or you, you have too much experience. But what God is looking for is a man or a woman that can cry out to him. And as they cry out to him, there is a, there is a downloading of a righteous plan that can move us and mobilize the people of God so that when you experience the, the difficulty and you experience the, the pushback, you have a plan that's burdened in you that says, I'm going to go beyond what I know and see what God sees. There is a people that God is looking for that can understand, I will do whatever is necessary to bring the vision to pass. Turn to somebody real quick, say, now what, now what, now what? And this last idea you fighting <laughs> and you see when you really fighting you ever you ever taken a hit and you don't feel it till later <laughs> how many people have been punched in the face before raise your hand your mom did it to you I know it's crazy no <laughs> see if you've ever been punched in the face <laughs> You, go, you know that flash? You know that flash? Y'all seen that flash? Boom, and shoo, that quick flash. And see, when you're in a fight, you just fight it. And you may not feel it until a little bit later. And see, what, that has, what has to happen inside of us as we're fighting is we have to, this last idea, we have to have time to wait on the Lord. We have to have time to wait on the Lord. I don't want you to get it twisted. God's going to give you a plan. He's going to give you a strategy. He's going to give you the resources. You're going to have to walk by faith. But then now, even in the middle of that, you're going to have to wait on God and get your strength renewed. This is what Habakkuk 2 verses 2 says. We've heard this before. The Lord answered me, said, write down this vision, clearly inscribe it on the tablet so that no one may, may easily read it. And therefore, the vision is yet for a appointed time. It testifies about the end and it will not lie. Thus saith the Lord, though it delays, so wait for it since it will certainly come and it will not be late. You see, what, uh, what Nehemiah understood is that the hand of the Lord was on him. And what God is trying to say to you is that God's hand 
hand, my hand, my righteous hand is on your life. And now I need you to trust me as you wait and as you walk and as you do what's necessary, you trust the Lord. And as you trust the Lord, the vision will come to pass. It is from God. It will not, it will not die. But if you, if you stand on the word of God and trust and believe as you stay in the fight, then God says that I will bring it to pass. And see, the real issue ain't about your little vision. The real vision, the real issue ain't about your little dream. And I'm not trying to knock it, but see what happens is a vision develops inside of you, a patience, a patience that comes from the Holy Spirit. You see, all this is about, it's about building what God wants to do inside of us. And so now as the character of Christ is formed in our life, then what happens is God begin to use us to bring about the dream from heaven. But this is the truth, y'all. If it's from God, it'll develop in you joy. It'll develop in you a peace. It'll develop in you patience. Here's a word we don't say often. It'll develop in you an ability to, to suffer. Because see, it's from God. It's going to take a while. Nehemiah, it took him a hundred years before this could even happen. Let me tell you something else that's not preached about often too. Nehemiah did this project in about 52 days. Now this is what's crazy. A hundred years later, Nehemiah dies, children are around, kids die. And a hundred years later, after all that exploits that God did, the city was actually overrun and those walls got torn down. What it, y'all see, I'm a skeptic. When I, I read the Bible, I'm a biblicist. I believe in the word. So I was, I was like, Lord, how, but you just did all that stuff. And what he reminded me is this. It ain't simply about the job or the project or the task. It's what it, 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 what I was trying to accomplish was a courage in people that came from me. What I was trying to demonstrate to you and your family is that I know you were a dude that popped off. I knew you were a young lady that always had something to say. You can watch your mouth. People would never think you'd be in here in church, cool church right now with your hands raised. But God is saying what I'm trying to produce in you is a Christ-like character that is from me that will allow people to see something that they have never seen. Yeah, you're going to build great things. Yeah, I'm going to use your life power. Yeah, I'm going to use you to bless people that you could never imagine. But the real truth is that I will produce in you a, a patience. I will produce in you the fruit of my spirit. I will produce in you an ability to suffer for a while so that now the people that are watching you, they look at the vision, but they see the visionary and they're saying, that is what I'm after. That is what I want. See, all this other stuff, the Bible says, all this stuff going to burn up. All this stuff going to pass away. The only thing that will remain is that that is of me. And what God is trying to say to you, son or daughter, that he says, I want to produce in you something that is eternal, something that will last, something that will remain, something that cannot be taken away. So that as the storms of life come, you're able to stand in the face of your enemy. And now your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your legacy will be different because you decide to say what now thank you so much for tuning in to hear more messages like this one please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel and if you like what you heard 
please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.